One of my best friends in high school, Scott, was a huge U2 fan. For those of you who don't know, U2 is a Irish rock band. They started back in, I think their first album was 1983, and, and they just continued on. They still are releasing albums. But, but my friend Scott was, was the biggest U2 fan that, that I know. He had all their albums. He knew the lyrics of, of literally every single song, even those songs that, that were what they would call B-sides back in the day. He read books about U2 and, and, and read every magazine feature about U2. He was a true devoted fan. We had another friend, a, a young lady. And this young lady, whenever she would hear a U2 song come on the radio, or whenever Scott would, would talk about U2, this, this young lady would say, oh, I just love that band. This drove Scott crazy. It's funny what bothers us in, in high school, but certain things just are our pet peeves, and this was one of Scott's pet peeves. Every time she'd say it, it was like, like nails on a chalkboard to him, like styrofoam being pulled out of a box. Ugh, this gives me chills to even think about. Not her saying it, but the styrofoam out of the box. What drove Scott crazy about this is that, is that she would say, oh, I love you too. And he would ask her. He did this all the time. Oh, what songs do you like? And without fail, it was always the same two songs. Where the streets have no name or all I want is you. Every time, no matter what. She knew the two songs that were on the radio. That's what she knew. She, she wasn't a real fan. She was a fan of a song, not the actual band. Scott, on the other hand, didn't just like a song or two. Scott actually slept outside of a store to be one of the first people to get their new album, their new records when it came out when the store opened or released it at some special time at midnight. Scott waited in line for hours and hours to buy concert tickets. So, so for this girl to say, yeah, I'm a fan, and she only knew two songs, just bothered Scott. This sermon is not about whether or not you are a true fan of the rock band U2 or not, but about our fandom of Jesus about our true commitment and passion as fans of Jesus Christ. I know very few people. In fact, I honestly can't think of anybody right now, although I'm sure I have met someone in my life, but, but I don't know really anybody that just flat out dislikes Christmas. I know very few people who object to the reading of the Christmas narrative from the Gospel of Luke being read every December. Your everyday folk are perfectly fine. Your everyday unchurched folk are perfectly fine 
with Jesus being sung about on their secular radio stations throughout the Christmas season. You can tune into pop stations and you may hear a song about Jesus during the Christmas season. But then Christmas passes. And what's beyond that? What happens after that? A lot of people get excited about the one song of Jesus. The one month of Jesus. But beyond that, what would happen? What do their lives look like the other 11 months in relationship to this Jesus? What do you love about Jesus? Why are you such a fan of Jesus? Well, I really like Christmas. Well, great, what else? Well, man, I really like the songs at Christmas. It's like my friend in high school who she said she loved the band, but really she only liked one or two songs. I don't think this is just, though, the secular world. I wonder how much of this is true for us as Christians as well. What would happen, think about this, what would happen in our lives if every month of the year we put the same focus into Jesus as we did in December? With that question in mind, here is the challenge that I want to present to all of us in this last sermon of 2020. We're just a few steps away, a few hours away from 2021. And I want, us to, I want to challenge us as we end 2020 to not simply like a song about Jesus, to not simply like a season about Jesus, to not simply like a, a month about Jesus, but to actually be raving lunatic fans for Jesus all year long. What does that look like? How does that actually happen? Well, I believe there's two things in Scripture that show us what that looks like and how that actually happens. If you open up, open up your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Another version says it this way. Anyone who wants to come with me must forget self, take up their cross every day, and follow me. Verse 24 says, For whoever wants to save their own life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will save it. Raving lunatic fans of Jesus take up their cross for Jesus every day. Not only at Christmas, every day. There's this idiom, this figure of speech that we use. This is a cross I must bear. I, I've actually heard my mom say this about me when I was a teenager. Chad is my cross I must bear. She loves me, trust me, but I was a bit of a pill at times. It's something people say, it, it, it's come to mean, it's, it's derived from this statement of Jesus about taking up our cross, but it's, it's come to mean this idea of, oh, I have this heavy load that I have to bear and this burden, this suffering that I have to go through. And it's true that the cross can symbolize suffering. And it is true that, that as followers of Jesus, in this world you will have trouble, as followers of Jesus, there are times that we will suffer for the cause of Christ. 
But Jesus here is not talking about an event or an experience of suffering. Here, when Jesus says you must take up your cross daily, what Jesus is saying is he was using the cross here as a symbol of death. And what he's talking about is he's speaking of the deeper experience of dying to self, or we maybe say putting self aside, surrendering everything to Jesus. What Jesus was telling them and what he is telling us is that we need to put to death our own plans, put aside to death our own desires, and to turn our lives over to Jesus to do his will every single day with intentionality. Think about this. Think about this. Almost all of us, almost all of us in some way or another, especially if you're in the Christian community, we alter our routines in the month of December. I mean, here at the church, it is the craziest time of the year. It was funny when, uh, I think it was Pastor Matthew, he came here, he said, so do things kind of slow down around, around December, around Christmas time? And we all chuckled. No, this is, this is when they, they really heat up. We alter our lives, our routines, our calendars, our activities to remember this, this special moment in time when Jesus left heaven and came to this earth to be born. Think about it. Our finances actually shift and adjust in the month of December so that we can buy gifts for others, so that we can be a blessing to others, so that we can give more to the causes of Christ in the month of December. We cook special meals during the month of December. We take extra time to decorate in unique ways. We all have these, these, these traditions. When you start a family, if you don't have kids yet and you, you're going to maybe start a family one day, th th then what you'll do, you'll do some things that you never did before, but now that you have kids, you want it to be a special moment in time. In our house on Friday nights, we light candles during the month of December. Things change with such intentionality during the month of December. But Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 9 that true fans of Jesus allow his effect, his focus, his, his desires to alter and impact every single day of their lives. Take up the cross daily. Their plans, their desires, their time all become Jesus's. In fact, this is such an expectation of true Jesus fans that Jesus said this in Luke chapter 14. In Luke chapter 14 and verse 27, Jesus said, let me get there real quick. Luke chapter 14 and verse 27. Whoever does not take up his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's how intense that is. Jesus didn't say, in December, focus on me and let it carry you through the rest of the year. He said, I want you to be a true fan. I don't want you to just like the one song of Jesus, the one month of Jesus. I want you to be a raving lunatic fan the whole year. Take up your cross daily. And if, you're, if you can't do that, then you're, you're not a real fan. 
You're not a real disciple. Are we just fans? As we end this Christmas season, are we just fans of Christmas? Or are we actual fans of Jesus? A real fan, every day, surrenders all their calendar, all their plans, all their desires to Jesus. And then we give permission for Jesus to guide and direct our lives completely. Now, I can say those words with ease, but we all find that this is much harder to do, uh, easier to say than to do. We understand this. Partly, it's harder, it's easier to say than to do because we make it complicated. We make it complicated. We allow the devil to distract us and, and to sidetrack us. Some people would not let anything distract them from their Christmas plans. They always decorate on this day. They always have this meal on this day. We need to be as tenacious about that with Jesus by saying, we're not going to let anything distract us from his plans for us. Well, how does that happen? This is how simple it is. Complex and yet simple. Or we should say difficult, yet very simple. Every day, just read a chapter, a single story, a few verses of your Bible. Every day. That's how it begins. If I start that way with Jesus, then I'm more likely to carry that throughout that day. And then every day, pray this prayer. Think about this prayer. Very simple. Jesus, show me how you want me to live for you today. And give me the power to do so. We need to believe the promise of Scripture. In which the Bible tells us all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means that everything that God promised is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That means it's fulfilled in Christ Jesus. That means the power of it comes through Christ Jesus. So So when God says... When God calls us to surrender our lives to him, and he says, anything you ask for in my name, and according to my will, we know that he wants us to surrender our lives to him. If we say to Jesus, Jesus, today, help me to live how you want me to live. Show me how you want me to live, and give me the strength to live in that way. Jesus says the promise is yes and amen in me because of what I've done for you. My friend Scott was not a true YouTube fan because he heard their songs once or twice on the radio. He was their fan because he listened to them every day, literally every day. My friend Scott was a drummer and he started learning all their, their uh, drumming riffs. I don't even know what they're called. He listened to all their songs. He read all their lyrics. This was back in the day, of course, when we got CDs or records and there is a lyric sheet and you'd read through the lyrics. Becoming a fan is not an occasional event. It is daily. That's the first thing, is surrender daily. Take up the cross daily. That's the first challenge for 2021. To not just be a fan at Christmas, but to be a raving lunatic fan during every other month of the year. Why? How? Take up the cross daily. Jesus, how do you want me to live for you today? 
Give me the strength to do so. Little time in the Bible every day. But there's a second aspect. There's a second evidence of, there's a second thing that, 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 that true fans do. First, they take up the cross. They put themselves aside every day. But second, they do all that they can to get other people to become fans as well. Fans draw other fans. In other words, true fans of Jesus, they're always looking for opportunities to help make other fans of Jesus as well. I'll admit, when I first became friends with Scott, I knew only those two songs on the radio. I can tell you now, many, many years later, that I know most of the songs on most of the U2 albums. That wasn't because I got up one day and said, I'm going to be a fan of U2. It's because my best friend listened to them all the time. And being around him connected me to this group. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. You know it. The Bible says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Real fans of Jesus are constantly trying to live this out. Live out this commission. Now, I want you to hear that. Real fans of Jesus are constantly living out this commission. They're constantly making new fans. The Great Commission has gotten sidetracked because we've, we've come to think of, of the Great Commission as a, a series of Bible studies. We've, we've come to think of the Great Commission as an evangelistic meeting. Some people have made it primarily about getting people into the baptismal tank. Now, I love Bible studies, and I love evangelistic meetings, and I love baptizing people. But the Great Commission is everyday people. Hear this. The Great Commission is everyday people helping others in their everyday lives to see Jesus more clearly, to love him more fully, and to understand him more deeply. That is making disciples. To help people in their everyday lives see Jesus more clearly, love him more fully, and understand him more deeply. Two things have messed us up in practicing the Great Commission. Again, we've made discipling about seminars, Bible studies, evangelistic meetings, and we think, well, that just belongs to the pastor or the professionals. We've made it about an event, getting baptized, and therefore it's, it's all about the timeline to get to that place. But, but discipling is an everyday thing. A few weeks ago, my friend Anthony called me just to chat on the phone. Uh, we hadn't talked to each other in a while, and he had an idea that he wanted to share with me, a thought he wanted to share with, with me and about our property, in fact, around here. And we started having this conversation about his idea, and it turned into further conversation. And before I knew it, we have been talking on the phone for over an hour, two grown men 
talking on the phone for over an hour. COVID and the isolation of COVID will make men do strange things. But here's what I want you to know. In that phone conversation, Anthony was discipling me. And maybe, and hopefully, I was discipling him as well. Not because we had a Bible study, not because we made some great plan for some event or activity, but because when I hung up the phone, I was more appreciative and more aware of the things related to Jesus. He stirred in my mind some thoughts that I, that I would think about throughout the rest of the day and go, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that in that way. He, he encouraged me, which lifted my, my spiritual motivation. That is making disciples. Helping people to see Jesus more clearly, to love him more fully, and to understand him more deeply in their everyday lives. The other thing I think which has prevented us from, from living out our true fandom of Jesus by living out the Great Commission is that the Great Commission starts with this word, go. And the way we start it, go. While it's such a nice little catch thing that we like to throw out there is, is go into all the world and go make disciples and, and go overseas. It's, it's this nice little catch word. But going seems to be something like what pastors do or missionaries do or evangelists do and i'm just not called to any of those things or back in the day some of you at christmas time where did you always go you went door to door you had to go door to door for in gathering and you were told that you were fulfilling the great commission but but in the text in matthew chapter 28 in the text the word go is not a command. It's not an imperative, as they would say in the Greek. The better translation would be this. As you go. As you go. In other words, as you go to the grocery store, make disciples. As you go to work, Make disciples. As you go to hang out with your friends, make disciples. As you go on a walk in your neighborhood, make disciples. As you go to tuck your kids in bed at night, make disciples. If you're a fan of Jesus, wherever you are, wherever you go, whatever you're doing, you're discipling. If you're living out that first principle, Jesus, today, help me to live as you want me to live and give me the power to do so, then the rest of your day, what you're going to be doing is looking for opportunities. You're, you're going to find those opportunities sometimes when you're not looking for making other fans of Jesus as well. Helping others in their everyday lives see Jesus more clearly, love him more fully, and understand him more deeply. Making a disciple is not making sure that they can explain every nuance of the old and new covenant to you. Making a disciple is that tomorrow, today, the person that you're hanging out with, after hanging out with you, tomorrow sees Jesus a little more clearly, loves him a little more deeply, and understands him a little more fully. 
That's making disciples. That's making a fan. My friend Scott, we'd get into his car. He'd put on his music. Almost always, you too. And by the way, Scott got me into all other kinds of music too that I never probably would have ever listened to. And every time I got out of his car, I knew a little bit more. And then he'd say, Chad, let's go, let's go to this. There's this documentary showing on the edge in Bono. Look it up on the internet if you have no idea what I just said. And slowly but surely, I knew a little bit more about these people. And I liked them a little bit more. Helping others in their everyday lives see Jesus more clearly, love him more deeply, and understand him more fully. My friend Ed has been helping me to understand this concept recently. He's, he's just been sharing little stories with me, but, but, but he's discipling. He was telling our small group, and I have permission to share this. I asked him, and he gave me permission to share this. By the way, small groups is a great place to disciple. I hope that you'll plan to sign up for one of our small groups. But he was sharing with me how, or he was sharing with our small group how at the beginning of COVID, he called me up, and I do remember this. He called me up and said, Chad, you know, we need to put together some sort of a program to share our health message since so many people are, are interested in health right now because of the COVID virus. I obviously didn't take Ed's advice, and I'm glad I didn't. Because Ed did what Ed is supposed to do, what fans of Jesus are supposed to do. He told us, he said, one day he realized, I, I told Chad to do this, but then I realized. I'm a medical professional. I work at a hospital. I can share things about Jesus through the health message just in my everyday work. And yes, folks, the health message teaches us something about Jesus. Ed told us that after I told Chad the church should do this, I realized that, wait, I can do this just when I go to work, as I help my patients, as I work with my colleagues. What is he doing? He's making disciples. But it doesn't end there. Ed said, I started thinking about that and what I was doing at work, and he said, and I started looking at, at every opportunity in my life and saying, okay, where is God working? Where is God doing something? And he said, I started to think about my neighborhood and, 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 and I started to, and, and I realized I go for walks every single day and I see people. And he said, so I started to ask God every time before I would go take my dog for a walk, I would ask God to help me to witness for him. What was the result? Ed told us, ever since he started to see going for a walk with his dog as something he could do for Jesus, he has talked to more neighbors and built more connections with other dog owners and other neighbors than he ever had before. And he's lived in that house for, I think, close to 10 years. Why? Because fans of Jesus are always looking for opportunities to connect with other people and hopefully help make them a fan of Jesus too. And like Ed, it doesn't happen because he's holding a seminar. It happens because he's a fan of Jesus when he goes to work 
And he's a fan of Jesus when he goes to walk his dog. And he's a fan of Jesus when he's hitting tennis balls at the local tennis court. Y'all, we are leaving the Christmas season. A month when our entire lives are altered to focus us and to center us around this idea of Jesus being born on this earth. Every December, you know what the music is going to be. You know what the food is going to be. You know what the decorations are going to be. You know that you're going to spend more money. Every December. Because you know that this month is unique. It's special. It's committed to something bigger than the other months. Well, why not in 2021? Why don't we choose to stop just being fans of one Jesus song and choose to be fans of Jesus and his entire album, all 12 tracks, year-round, every day of every month. This is my challenge to you, to take up the cross, which means every day, Jesus, how do you want me to live today? Give me the strength to do so. And every day, how can I help someone else to be a fan of Jesus too? How can I make a disciple that they love Jesus more, that they see him more clearly, and that they understand him more deeply? Let us be lunatic fans for Jesus in 2000. And 21. Jesus, I thank you so much that you came to this earth, that you were born, that you grew into a man, that you lived the perfect life we could not live, that you died the death that was ours to have, that you rose again, and that you are now our intercessor in heaven, Lord. But Jesus, this isn't something that we just should think about in this season. As we now leave this Christmas season, Lord, help us to be fanatics for you. Not fanatical in the strange or the weird way. Fanatics. Sold out. Devoted. Every day. Thinking about you. Ready to follow your will. Every day, wanting others to love you more too. Jesus, put that challenge before me every day. Put it before my brothers and sisters. And Lord, may 2021 be a year of true fandom for Jesus. Every month of the year. We pray in your name. Amen.